the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We need to know that when we feel alone, we are not alone. That God sees us and that he hears us and that he hears us weeping. And that he will care for us and he will turn our sorrow into joy. Our mourning into dancing. That he will sustain us and he will restore us. Just one of several lessons we'll pick up today from the life of Ishmael. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we continue our journey in Genesis. We're back in chapter 21 today. Those three events that take place in Abraham's life and how they affect you and I today. The lessons that we are privileged to learn. Join us, won't you? This is Study Verse by Verse. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely once again on today's broadcast. Now, notice that Isaac's name appears three times in chapter 21. Ishmael's name doesn't even appear once. Uh, by this verse, we know that three years have passed because that's the traditional time of weaning a child in ancient Israel. So it, uh, Isaac is now a toddler. And Ishmael is somewhere around 16 or 17 years of age. So he's, he's, he's almost considered a young man. He's almost considered of age to be married and start his own family. And for most of those years, he thought he was going to be heir. But now another son has come into the scene. And the birth of a new baby always threatens older children, especially if they've had exclusive attention from mom and dad in the past. And so for the first time, Ishmael now has to share mom and dad's attention with a rival. And to make matters worse, he understood his position in the family hierarchy. He represented compromise, whereas his little brother was the true child of promise. And so for three years now, conflict had brewed, and it finally came to a head at a family celebration. Isn't it interesting that conflicts in families come out at family celebrations. I mean, I know some people who don't like to get together for the holidays because they know that there's going to be some drama that occurs because the family is together. Now, this account also contains a new instance of the word laughter because the word in verse 9, laughing, is actually an intensive form of Isaac's name to laugh. And so here, Ishmael Laughs. Now, depending on which translation you're looking at, that word might be translated mocking, laughing, or playing with. And so at one end of the definition spectrum, it suggests derision, and at the other end, extreme enjoyment. So what then is the real intended meaning of the original word? And the answer is mocking. Mocking rightly catches the malicious sense of laughter because the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4, verse 29, says that Ishmael persecuted Isaac. And so understandably, this Ishmael felt jealousy at being displaced. 
Now, this word here, this description, does not suggest violence, but Sarah can see the trajectory. She can see that over time, these boys are going to be growing, and the animosity between them is going to grow, and at some point, the older brother, who is much stronger, might hurt little Isaac. Notice that Sarah doesn't mention Hagar's name. Nor does she recognize that Hagar is a wife or concubine of Abraham. She merely calls her a slave woman. And by avoiding the use of the names Hagar and Ishmael, she is expressing disdain. So we know here that Sarah had no affection for Hagar or Ishmael, even though they'd been part of the family now for more than a decade. Nor does it seem she cared what was going to happen to them. She was considered a noble woman, but what she was doing here was far from noble. She would not consider sharing any part of the inheritance. She wanted the problem cast out. Verse 11, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son, But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of your maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. And so Abram was caused pain because Sarah's demand concerned his son, not her son, but his son. And his son had been the sole focus of dad's love for many, many years, at least until the arrival of Isaac. And no doubt he still had great affection for Hagar. But you know, mixed families can have conflict. And this conflict distressed Abraham. He found himself stuck in the middle. He loved his wife, Sarah, and of course he loved little Isaac, who was now tottering around the tent, but he also loved Ishmael as well. Think about the years that Ishmael was the focus of his attention, and as he raised that young man, and he looked forward to soon arranging a marriage and then grandchildren. This dilemma caused Abraham great distress. So how welcome it must have been when God intervened. And gave instructions, and yet also how perplexing God's instructions seem. You see, we can understand why Sarah did what she did, although we can't necessarily commend her for it. And we can understand why Abraham would be grieved. But we have some difficulty understanding from our present perspective why God would take Sarah's side. But this is how God answered that question. He said, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. You know, when we think of the descendants of Abraham today, our thoughts are generally drawn immediately to the people of Israel. But the reality is that many Arabic people are also the descendants of Abraham. So Abram's breaking heart was comforted by the promise that of the future, the futures that awaited both of his sons. Isaac was the one, of course, through whom the promise would be fulfilled. And Ishmael, God said, would be the father of a great nation. So both of his sons had tremendous futures. 
And what God was saying here, in effect, is, Abraham, I know you have concern, and I know you feel responsibility. But Abraham, don't worry about Ishmael, because I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to take care of him. He's going to marry, he's going to bear children, and he's going to become the father of a great nation. Abraham, don't worry about Ishmael. I'm taking care of him. And so Abraham placed his faith in God's promise. And he was then swiftly obedient. Verse 14. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. So I think it's important for us to notice the swiftness with which Abraham obeyed the command of the Lord. It says early the next morning. It doesn't say sometime the next day or sometime the next morning, but it says early the next morning. He obeyed without hesitation. The description is that Hagar wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba and wandered means she drifted about without a specific destination. You see, she found herself in the condition of many newly single parents. She's faced with the challenge of having to survive alone. At first, wandering aimlessly, having too little provision to cover the needs, being forsaken by loved ones, and wondering if God cared And her desperation knew no bounds. Verse 15, when the water and the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down nearby, about a bow shot away, about 100 yards. For she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. You know, Hagar was in the middle of a wilderness and thought she was all alone. She wasn't all alone. We may think we're in the middle of a wilderness all alone. We are not alone. We need to know that when we feel alone, we are not alone. That God sees us and that he hears us and that he hears us weeping. And that he will care for us and he will turn our sorrow into joy. Our mourning into dancing. That he will sustain us and he will restore us. You know, when God hears, he acts. And that's why we should never be afraid when God hears our prayers. Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying. And notice that the angel of God spoke to her from heaven. The angel of the Lord is in heaven speaking to Hagar, who is not. 
You know, we, think, we tend to think of heaven in terms of distance and miles away. And we tend to think of heaven as being outside of our known universe. And we think of our universe as having a, an expanse of millions and billions of light years. It's so immense. God must be far away. The spiritual realm must be far away. And actually, the spiritual dimension exists both in the present and presently. That is, it's here. It's all around us. We simultaneously live in the physical dimension which we see and the spiritual dimension which we do not see except under exceptional circumstances. The angel of the Lord spoke to Hagar from heaven. And with that, we'll bring today's broadcast to a close. Much more to follow as you join us tomorrow and our continuing study of Genesis, chapter 21 specifically. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. If you would like to know more about us, uh, this radio ministry, Study Verse by Verse, or Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, when we meet, where, directions, who we are, it's all available on our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, back in Genesis 21, join us then for study, verse by verse, with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.